Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. This week we go all digital as we take a look at Microsoft and digital transformation. So, settle back enjoy the show. Hi and welcome to Tech Interviews. Uh, this week I'm going to pick up on something that um, I did a few weeks back. I went to a really interesting event with the uh, British Interactive Media Association uh, and Microsoft uh, talking about kind of the way that my, the new Microsoft, if you like, is um, impacting a way that uh, media media companies, digital companies uh, develop solutions and, and deliver value into business. So, um, so I wanted to do a bit of a show on that, kind of pick through some of the things that were talked about. Um, so I, I couldn't think of a better person to invite on. Uh, than one of the organisers of the event, uh, Andy Kent. Hi, Andy. How are you? Hello, Paul. Good morning. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Liverpool. And um, yeah, keen, keen to have a chat. Well, as, as listeners may or may not know, it's, of course, always a beautiful sunny day here in Liverpool. <laughs> um, so, um, um, so, but yeah, well, well, before we jump into the kind of the event and, uh, and the meat of the content that was there, um, do you want to introduce yourself, Andy? Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and, uh, and yeah, a little bit about your, your day-to-day life. Sure. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of Angel Solutions, um, a company set up about 18 years ago, and we've grown uh, organically. We've got no loans, debts or overdraft. And our core business really is is we make software products. We uh, have software as a service. We sell into the education sector. So, for example, we have two or three core products uh, that we sell into local authorities uh, across the country. In fact, nationally, we have um, every local authority bar one using um, a core product of ours that uh, has served us well for 18 years uh, and is continues to grow. And we've also got a number of products that we have for schools and for teachers in schools. Lots of that around data, um, but also more recently in terms of day-to-day things that uh, teachers have to do. Maybe it's lesson planning, maybe it's lesson observations, maybe it's preparation for Ofsted or tracking pupils as they uh, progress through the year and understanding what what needs to be taught tomorrow based on what depth of understanding the children have today. So those are just some quick examples of some of the products we've got. Predominantly, we're in the education sector. Um, There's 43 of us. We're currently hiring a few more roles, so we imagine we'll be about 50 strong by the end of the year. Turnover around 3 million, about half a million profit. So that gives you some gauge of the journey we've had to get here we often like to say we're an 18-year overnight success story because we haven't we haven't done this overnight. Yeah, like all good overnight success stories, uh, it was quite a long, hard night uh, to get there. Exactly. Yes, as all good nights are, however, uh, long, long, hard nights. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Cause I, I think the um, kind of the 18 years in business and uh, and 18 years of developing uh, software products, I think it's quite an interesting um, measure for some of the stuff that Microsoft talked about and some of the uh, some of the changes that, that are there. Um, but interestingly, not not only um, are you the uh, CEO and founder of uh, at Angel, um, you also play uh, an important part with uh, the the Interactive Media Association. We'll, we'll call them uh, we'll call them Beamer from now on because that's way too much of a mouthful for me. Um, so um, yeah, so do, you, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, that organisation and your role in that, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this kind of event you put on and, and why you did that. Sure. Well, I came across Beamer only two or three years ago, um, mainly through the connections and, and friendships I've got here in Liverpool. So a good friend of mine, Ian Finch, uh, who's uh, the MD of Mando, he was chair of Beamer Liverpool and got invited to some breakfast events, got invited to some director's dinners. There were some sort of uh, social events that were happening. And of course, there's quite a lot of communities and events happening. But I think the thing 
as with pretty much any organization is a lot of it is down to the people uh, if you go to a wedding and you sit on a wedding uh, table and, and, and enjoy your lunch or your dinner a lot of your uh, feeling around the wedding is also down to the people you sit next to on the table and there's some really good people there there were you know agency owners there were uh, people in senior positions all of whom were on either uh, a similar journey that we'd been on years ago, so you can offer advice to them, or people who'd uh, done exciting new things that, that in turn could be inspirational back, or people that had journeyed a bit further on, maybe had grown through the, the sort of the plateau phase that a lot of businesses get to when they reach a certain size before they can then uh, grow again. And it was just really, really helpful uh, with an open community and a really a really good bunch of, of people really who are happy to share and talk and discuss things about the business, everything from cash flow and profitability and challenges with uh, teams and structures or uh, challenges with clients or logistics. And I think what Beamer did for me was it gave uh, a real sense of it doesn't really matter what the organization was. This, this was a thing that brought those people together. But in Beamer's case, it actually also happened to be a national organization that's been around for many, many years and has got hundreds of um, agencies all across the country. So for me, what was interesting is Beamer also had things like national think tanks. It was uh, affecting policy at a national level. So as well as the local uh, agenda and the ability to tap into a local community, it was also the fact that we were able to access speakers from all over the country. Uh, they run Beamer 100 every year, which is like profiling the, the sort of 100 movers and shakers in the creative and, and digital space. It runs a, a Beamer Awards. Um, there's lots of things that they do on a national scale that benefit any local community, which you wouldn't get to if you were just a standalone. So I like the fact that we've got our own flavor of Beamer here in Liverpool. There's another flavor of Beamer just across, across the M62 in Manchester. And, and all these pockets together tap into a national community, which means it's great whenever we've come together down in London, um, whether it's for an annual uh, meetup at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant recently, or when more recently we've tapped into strategic partnerships that Beamer can do because they're a national organization. So, of course, the one that segues nicely into uh, the event that we put on was I was down in London and Microsoft had announced with Beamer a strategic partnership. And, of course, for Microsoft, they were looking at here's an organization that represents lots of the agencies across the country that they would like to work with. Uh, that also resonated with a, a shift in their thinking away from we're only interested in the big organizations to actually we, we love the smaller agencies too. And so by partnering with uh, Beamer, they announced that they were going to do a series of roadshows and they mentioned a few venues that they were planning on going to visit. And I made a beeline for them afterwards and said, you've got to come to Liverpool. It's an absolute hive of creativity. There's an awful lot of exciting things happening here. Uh, come over here and you, you certainly won't be disappointed with the hospitality, the welcome and the uh, creativity and innovation that's taking place. So I think for all those reasons, um, Beamer became a thing that I wanted to then invest quite a lot of my time in as I've spent pretty much the last few years outwardly focused from Angel Solutions. I haven't been in my operations team. I've got an MD here. So the day-to-day -day stuff means I can actually spend more of my time being an ambassador for Angel and working with a business community across Liverpool. 
So I've, <laughs> for what it's worth, I've been made a chair of Beamer Liverpool and Ian went to be chair of Beamer Northwest and to go and help set up uh, newer Beamer communities in places maybe like Leeds and also to work with Manchester in getting that up and running and humming too. And kind of bridging the gap as well between Liverpool and Manchester. It's only sort of 40, 45 minutes away, but sometimes that that gulf can seem quite quite wide, and I get the historic footballing uh, references, but I think it's been great to see a lot of bridges built between business communities in both Manchester and Liverpool. Well, that's um, I, I mean, it's tons of really interesting stuff in there. I think the um, it, it, you know, it's one of the things that I, I really enjoy investing time in is kind of the technology community and, and business communities, and I think that, that, that's interesting that that's one of the things uh, because there's this huge benefit that comes from that, isn't it? I think you know th- those kind of relationships, and it's good to see organisations like Microsoft taking the time to invest in those communities as well. You know, because I think as, as you kind of alluded to a couple of times, that there's huge benefit in getting involved in. Uh, those kind of bigger communities, taking an outward look sometimes from your own day-to-day role, your own organisation, and looking where you might be able to help and learn from from others. So, so I think that's a, it, it's a really important piece of work. And interesting, I was talking with some um, some friends over in the US a couple of weeks ago about that creative sector that we have here in, uh, in the northwest of England, you know, Liverpool, Manchester. Um, and, you know, and, it, and it's good to see that that community thriving. Um, and and again by by sharing experience, sharing knowledge, being able to build a, a, a much more vibrant community than perhaps we would have been able to do if we just had lots of individual organisations kind of kind of sitting on their own and, and trying to do their own thing. So, um, I mean, I, you, you kind of talked about that that relationship with Microsoft um, and the, the kind of work they're trying to do engaging with um, a, a associations like Beamer um, up and down the UK. Um, but one of the things that did strike me, and actually when, when you were talking got me thinking that although Beamer were there as um, somebody who focuses on media associations, kind of di- digital agencies. Um, what really struck me from the event was, of course, that the way that organisations like Angel Solutions work and uh, and, and other uh, other companies that I met on the day, um, and the kind of technology platforms that people like Microsoft have is that actually that's something that appeals to all of us because I think many of the companies we talk to and, and watch out for incoming buzzword, um, but many of the organizations we talk to are going through this kind of digital transformation for, for whatever that means, but a, a much bigger focus on using digital technologies to deliver value, efficiency, get products to market quicker, interact with their customers in a different way. So um, I think it's an interesting marriage of this kind of media and digital driven associations with companies like Microsoft so so what, what was the um, what, what was the background to putting that event on you know, what, what value do you, did you think that Microsoft would bring to uh, to kind of your membership um, um, here in Liverpool sure I think the first thing that really resonated with me prior to setting up the event is really seeing how Microsoft had, had shifted I think if we're honest over the years the Microsoft the Apple debate you know Apple's been seen as the, as the cool kid you know the <laughs> the Apple logo on a device, you know, you, you buy the stickers, you want to put it on your PC because you want your PC to look look cool. You know, the iPhone historically has, has been seen as the, the innovative thing, uh, that the products that, that um, Apple been delivering on always seem to have been, wow, that's amazing. I'd, I'd, I'd get up at 4am and, you know, camp outside a store to go and buy that. Whereas, Microsoft always had its loyal fan base, and clearly it's got a, a massive footprint. 
But I think there was a move to the Microsoft, wow, okay, some of the stuff that you're doing and that we can see is actually really exciting and cool. It's it, it's things that if you're developers looking for jobs, it's it's tech that is exciting. It, it's, it's something that's attractive to a developer rather than something that feels like an older generation or something that would be phased out. It, it very much felt like there was a real new buzz around Microsoft. They'd They'd really thought hard about what what the creative and digital and, as you say, other agencies that are using digital need. And when they came up, fast forwarding temporarily to some of the stuff they showed us, it really felt like, wow, this is the sort of stuff that, that creates a buzz back in an organization, things that save time, things that are like, wow, that that's, that's genius, that is. And the, the Microsoft message was really, we want to work with you. We want to give away some of this IP we've got. We want we want to enable uh, businesses and agencies to use this stuff and wrap services around it. And that was that was a bit of new thinking rather than just well, if you build this using our technology, then we'll have to talk about how many licenses you need and how many people are using it and just generate lots of money off you. This, this was stuff that was free. These were platforms that let you you play and, and benefit and enjoy and i think that that for me was a good enough reason to say i th- i think it's time for a lot of people to revisit their perceptions of whether they're in open source or whether they're in microsoft or whatever technologies or hardware or software they're using microsoft for me felt wow th- people need to hear this so we set about putting on an event here in liverpool rather than asking people to go to birmingham or, or manchester and it was a bit of a no-brainer because Microsoft obviously um, were agreeing to, to fund everything. But, of course, we tapped into all the wonderful communities here and we've got plenty of venues to choose from. And we chose one that we thought resonated with the type of event. We set up some event brights and went away targeting, uh, first, of co- first of all, of course, the Beamer community and all the, the members of Beamer. Um, but then there's plenty of uh, people outside of Beamer. So we said, Let, let's make sure this isn't an exclusive event. So we opened up to the whole community. So software developers, uh, marketing, uh, PR agencies, uh, digital agencies, uh, universities, you name it. If there was anybody who's going to benefit from this, we wanted them to feel that there was a um, an open invite to a series of keynotes and a choice of three or four workshops. And I think that choice and uh, the local, locality you know it was right here on our doorstep means i think we had about 100 people on the day coming to uh, an all-day event um held by microsoft which went really really well and i'm so pleased that they decided to come uh, and spend it here in liverpool yeah and i think that um and again that, that kind of looks at some of the thing that we talked about before doesn't it that the idea that you open the event up to organizations really much of, of any type kind of does fit in with this idea that where we might have thought that uh, an event that was focused on media associations might be for digital marketing or web developers or you know whatever you know whatever our perception of a media association or, or, or digital kind of digital agency might be I think you're absolutely right in that I think lots of the things that Microsoft talked about on that day were of value to organizations of all types because we are all using digital technology in in new and interesting ways as we look to kind of uh, you know modernize the way that we do business look at changing the way that we interact and deliver services and, and products to customers um that 
you know that shift to a very much software driven world i think is 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 a really interesting one and that's that, that's really what caught my attention about the event i think that um although you know i work for a company that are by no means a digital marketing association or a, or a media company um everything that was covered on the day uh, you could take all of that kind of information all of those services that microsoft talked about um and see how you could go and apply those into kind of everyday life uh, and maybe that's a, that's an area for us to, to kind of drop into and, and the reason when you said at the beginning about angel solutions being around for 18 years why that i think is quite interesting in this con- context is that of course the way that microsoft are delivering and you've kind of touched on it before the way microsoft are delivering their services their software applications their developer tools is is very very different so of the kind of things that microsoft talked about on the Day. What, what were the kind of things that, that caught your attention? What were the things that you looked at there and thought, this is something that I can take into my business, into our customers to help them to transform their business to, to do things differently? Sure. I think the real exciting stuff was all around uh, AI, artificial intelligence, uh, cognitive services, uh, bots, all, all buzzwords I know. So I'll expand a bit on that. I think if I come down to even practicalities of, for us, we would say products and needing uh, the thousands of customers using those across the country to be supported, whether that's through uh, help desks with people on the phones, whether that's through live chat, whether that's through online resources and knowledge bases, seeing a tool that you literally pointed at either a website with information on or a help document. And within about two seconds, it had created a live chat bot that had a URL, so a, you know, a website address that you could use, and it automatically had, had scanned through that document, that help file, that website, and enabled you to ask questions. Well, I think for any company, I mean, sure, you might have already built tools like that, but if you didn't have the capacity or the current know-how to see that rather than having to go and research that or build it yourself, that literally within a few seconds you could have a website link with a very clever bit of kit that enabled somebody, maybe when the help desk is closed or if it's 11 o'clock at night, is to at least get some answers to some basic questions. And that's a huge time saver for any organization, big or small, because it's doing all the heavy lifting for you. I think some of the, the nice ones that everyone can relate to is if you use a tool like PowerPoint for presentations, is suddenly seeing a tool in Office 365 where there were, first of all, free plugins like a tool called Pexels, which uh, let you import uh, royalty-free images. So for people who are worried about, you know, is this image copyright, you you knew that every image you were using there was uh, available for use. And there's sort of a design wizard there that beyond the old Microsoft wizards that we've seen, actually had done some really clever things. If you added three images to a PowerPoint, it was kind of auto-arranging them and and resizing the images and and kind of saying, look, we recognize you're not really a designer, so we're actually going to take the images you've chosen and lay them out in a way that makes you feel like you've sent it off to your design team. Now, before the designers listening to this have a, a meltdown, I think there's plenty of times where, you know, as a business owner, if I'm developing a presentation for tomorrow and I know that my design team are, are flat out working on other stuff, then I have to make the best I can do with my own <laughs> skills and my own design flair. So I think anything like that that gives people a head start, that makes your presentation look more professional, I think tools like that, when they showed them, you could instantly see everyone write that down uh, or make a note of it on their phones because it's things like that that once you're exposed to it, you know it makes a difference uh, back at base. 
It, well, it certainly did for me because I, I came back and installed the plugins for PowerPoint and Word straight away. Um, so, <laughs> so if nothing else out of the event, uh, I, I got the Pexels plugin for uh, for Office three six five. So, so that was um, that was pretty neat. And I mean, oh, something you just said there that that um, I thought really you know really resonated, and I, I think something that's when we take services like this, I think one of the things there that as you as you were saying, it allows us to um, without necessarily. Uh, you know, do lots of heavy lifting for us. So without us necessarily having to go and do lots of research and learn how to code something, that we can tap into a service, whether it's in, in Microsoft's case, whether it's sat in Office 365 or sat in Azure, and that's a service that we can tap into and deliver some really smart functionality quite quickly. That, that's a really useful uh, tool as part of you know the way we, we design our, our digital businesses and, and presents challenges to current IT teams and organizations and, and traditional ways of doing things. You know, I think we, we all appreciate that. Um, but but it's m at most definitely something there that we should embrace. But I thought of something that you said there as well is that, of course, we shouldn't underestimate or, or think that taking tools like that, um, and I think the Pexels, had, uh, you know, and, and actually that the smart stuff that's in PowerPoint about the way it will relay out a slide for you um, based on some ideas that it might have when it sees certain types of things on a slide, it thinks a certain layout might work well, that that doesn't replace the, um, doesn't replace the importance of having somebody who actually knows what they're doing in that space you know so yeah. somebody who uh, is if somebody's a designer then you might want a designer to look at that rather than just rely on something that powerpoint's done but as you said you know it's sometimes if you need to do something quickly those kind of tools are nothing other than a really useful augmentation to your, to your own skill set and, and is that how you see these technologies being used you know, some of these kind of new approaches that the organizations like microsoft are driving it's not about necessarily replacing a skill set and thinking you can do something on the cheap because there might be a service that can do something a bit more quickly for you but it is there to augment skill sets that maybe organizations have currently got to give them that kind of head start as they as they try and use digital technologies more within their businesses. Sure. And I think, you know, to use another exciting example, and maybe less of a feeling of is, you know, clearly that isn't to replace a designer, you, you know, a computer, um, I would argue is never going to get to the stage where it's replacing somebody who's, you know, been exposed to cultures across the world and has, you know, smelt smells in, in Rome that, that a computer can't and, and, and use all that to inspire something that they can, um, they can craft into something beautiful. However, when it comes to video and some of the AI we saw around video, um, in our circus-themed office here, we've, we've recently set up a TV studio. And of course, as you'd expect, when you start recording and capturing footage, you end up with a big library of stock footage. And of course, cataloging that in the same way as none of us have really got time to catalog all the photos we capture on our iPhone and you spend hours trying to look, loop back through photos looking for things. What I saw on the day um, from um, James Ackrig from Microsoft was a technology that having captured uh, a keynote speech with three or four different speakers is the AI, the artificial intelligence had gone away and actually based on facial recognition, based on uh, audio, had tr done a transcript for everything, let it um, automatically translate on the fly. So if you were watching that live, you could have it translated into your own language. If you were searching for um, a slot that a Paul Stringfellow or an Andy Kent were speaking at that was at maybe one hour 43 into a three hour, you could actually type Paul Stringfellow or Andy Kent in and it would move you to where it had detected that person based on facial recognition or their, their, their audio 
where they were speaking. You could type in keywords like surprised and based on facial recognition, it would show you, ah, at around this point, we detected that somebody was looking really surprised or shocked at something that maybe they said or the audience said. And I think that's a huge time-saving thing that is really replacing the heavy lifting. You know, that, that's not replacing a skill. That's just replacing a lot of watching and listening and, and you know, writing down and, and putting keywords in or putting breakpoints in a film. I think that would be an enormous benefit for uh, videos because video is, of course, something that we all get used to in Facebook and on social media nowadays. So I think something that enables you to quickly get to the point where that clip you're trying to find in the middle of something I think technology like that is, I think that's why why I felt like it was exciting because it felt like finally, wow, we, we need to get, we need to embrace that. We need to find out how can we use that in, for our world where we've got a TV studio and we're really investing in, in making our own films. And I think um, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Actually, I think the, the you know the, the, the technology at the moment is going through a really exciting time, isn't it? And and I think what we see is these kind of big hyperscale companies like Microsoft who are building these huge cloud platforms. That that's not necessarily that you know th those platforms aren't really there for us just to kind of lift and shift all of our traditional ways of doing things and shove them onto somebody else's computer. You know, I don't I don't think that's where the benefit of what's been developed in there. And we, we talked about things like AI and machine learning. And, and although this stuff's really in its infancy for the way that we can use that in the enterprise and use that in business, you know, things like those services there that you're talking about, they would just be something that would be almost impossible and probably would be impossible for the average company to develop within their own organization. You know, for, for me to develop within my business or, you know, as you were saying before, Angel Solutions just set up a TV studio to do some more video and media type work, that for you to set up the compute capability to be able to do what you can do within a service that you take straight from Microsoft for a fee, um, you know, you pay for it as you need it, when you want to use it, you know, to be able to take that kind of thing brings a huge business benefit, a huge value to your organization and actually allows you to deliver something that, as you said, either would just be impractical to do, the idea that somebody sits there for hours transcribing everything's maybe just impractical or would almost be impossible to do, certainly with the technology because the investment required um, would be so huge for you to do that in, in an organization of, of anything other than a big specialist media company and that's, you know, that's all you do, you're a TV production company, maybe you are investing in that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that just opens up so many opportunities and uh, and where an event such as this one actually does you know kind of speaks to that idea that all of us are digital agencies to a point now when we look at the way we operate in our business you know and I, and I, and I think that's just such an exciting time and uh, and maybe just to kind of pick on your experience a little bit and some of your your experiences with uh, what you do day to day and some of your customers are you seeing um are you seeing ways that some of the businesses you're working with or some of the solutions you're developing are starting to utilize some of these technologies to kind of speed up that transformation or, or make a company more flexible, more, more another buzzword incoming, agile in the way they do stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if I look at the journey of kind of technologies and how companies using those technologies have sort of shifted in the last sort of 10, 15 years is... Often we found that as new technologies come out, I mean, even if we go back to the days when Flash uh, as a, a technology came out, is it clearly was something that um, 
only agencies knew how to do. And if you were a company, you, you had to go to an agency to do that because the learning curve for it or the, you know, the skill sets you needed, they existed. So, you know, there, there were lots of websites that got developed that suddenly broke out of the boring, you know, HTML standard uh, websites into, you know, animations and moving and vector images and, you know, wow, that's so cool. And I think as as technology's moved on, I think what's been really interesting is, first of all, customer perception. You know, they they now expect websites to look a certain way. They doesn't mean they understand all the technical architecture behind it, but they, they, they're a lot more exposed to all the different choices out there. They expect it to work on a mobile device. You know, they expect it to um, be able to log in with Twitter or Facebook if they've got Twitter or Facebook. You know, they expect to see um, pages load fast or, or, or we get bored. They expect to see a video um, grab their attention with three or four seconds. There's a there's a big shift, first of all, from, from customers that means... No technology company can rest on their laurels. You, you, you've, you've always got to be moving ahead. Now, the second thing that we find talking to a lot of businesses is where we've served the needs of large organizations, some of those organizations, because this technology has been around and because of some of these things that Microsoft are, are doing and, of course, plenty of other organizations, is that technology suddenly becomes a lot more accessible and so rather than instantly outsourcing it to the experts, we're also seeing a lot of those companies being able to bring stuff in-house or even to grow their own teams because they feel that the, the mysteries surrounding this or the barriers for them adopting it uh, are being removed. And therefore, I think the agile agency is constantly looking at, well, what are the other value adds? So we're seeing a lot more people looking at AI now and how AI can actually help your business. And we're going through a similar um, perception early door shift there, like we were, say, for uh, when when internet banking first came out. Oh, don't 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 put your details, you know, in the cloud. Don't don't put them on the internet. Um, don't save your credit card details online. That that historic perception gap, which was a barrier maybe to to moving online, means now you could argue people are a bit too. Um, easy and relaxed about where they put their credit card details. You know, you should still look for your SSL certificate, your, your padlocks on your site. You should still, maybe best practice is not saving your credit card details on a website so it potentially could get hacked later. These are all the things that, that people think about. So I think uh, technologies that Microsoft showed that resonate with, I guess, the next level of things that are um, companies and agencies where they want to embrace that are things like using AI. So using AI to give businesses that may feel that they've already embraced technology now, feel that the next edge they're going to get is going to come from AI. The, the amount of data that we have is unprecedented now. And the classic database, take an extract, spend an afternoon in Excel analyzing some data, that doesn't always work now due to the enormous amount of data points that can be captured by you know, e-commerce sites or by products that are web-based and, and, and tracking um, what the customers are doing inside that product. These terms like data lakes now are, are quite apt because there's just so much data that the tools and actually the technologies that almost need to go and ask questions of this data that you wouldn't necessarily have found yourself and maybe bring to the surface of that lake analysis or interpretations that you may never have asked that question in the first place. I think doing that is going to give the next raft of emerging products and services that 
won't necessarily be something again that companies can do in-house because that that ai is again something that um, people don't have the skill sets uh, from so whether where those agencies have chosen like we're going to embrace this we're going to we're going to immerse ourselves in this we're going to embrace ar and vr you know the augmented reality and, and virtual reality we've moved away from the isn't this cool look i can set up a table tennis table in my room and play virtual table tennis with someone to practical applications that are life-changing you know the ability for surgeons to go inside a replica model of a heart and see where the tiny tear is on a on a baby or a child so that w long before the operation they've actually seen where it is they've seen how it's functioning you know when you can actually um as a business have a meeting with somebody the other side of the world but feel a lot more like you're face to face rather than the classic you know skype or, or facetime or, or jerky sound and images i think a lot of those technologies are going to be where the the companies that can provide products and services into um, classic companies who are buying that that is where we're going to see our next um, emerging innovation and emerging products and services that wrap around that tech and again, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the the idea that, um, and, I, and I think we see it with lots of the businesses we talk to as well, is that the the step organisations are trying to make now is that you know they've spent maybe the last two, three, four years, um, and things like you know GDPR have focused everybody's minds. You know, it, it would seem it, it would seem like we can't have a technical conversation without those that four letter acronym. But um, you know, focus companies on starting to manage and control their data better. You know, getting a better idea of where everything is, what they need, what they don't, what has value, what doesn't. And I think that next step, as you say, is that idea of using other technologies, other services that are available to them that they can take from a provider like Microsoft or work with a maybe an agency like Angel to start looking at how they can now st start to extract proper value from this kind of big data asset they, they have. So I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, that's absolutely the next stage that, that organizations are, are looking to move into. Uh, you know, it's a thing that CIOs and, and you know, C-level execs in businesses are charged with by their board or by their investors or, or whatever. You know, it's, it's how do we do more? You know, how do we use what we've got to make us more competitive, to you know, allow us to develop into new markets more quickly you know? and I think it's a it's a hugely exciting time and, and and a lot of the stuff that Microsoft talked about at that event um, and a lot of things that you've, you've shared with us there you know I think just kind of underline the the capabilities that are out there as we and I think at the moment we are still kind of stumbling our way around thinking you know what what's going to work what's not how's this going to work better but I think that that's what makes it such an exciting time for us so um so mm. Andy, I, you know I, I, yeah, I share your enthusiasm for all this I think I literally could talk for another couple of hours and I feel we've only only just started to scratch the surface of um kind of some of the stuff that was covered at that event and some of the interesting work that you guys are doing um but i'm also aware that you know you you have a real life and uh, and uh, and the listener to the show um only has so much patience listening to my voice um so so it seems like a good place to wrap up but before we do that you know what if if people want to find out a little bit more about um angel or about beamer and, and the kind of work that you guys do um what, what's a good way that they can do that Certainly, they can follow uh, Angel Solutions, uh, Angel underscore Solutions on Twitter, or myself, Andy C. Kent, where I'm regularly uh, posting tweets about all things Beamer or things like uh, the Microsoft Roadshow um, uh, came up on uh, Horizons. I think Microsoft clearly are, um, it's definitely worth engaging them and having a look at something, some of the stuff that they've done uh, and is available. So again, if people want to get in touch with me, uh, either through Twitter uh, or Andy.Kent at angelsolutions.co, 
www.microsoft.co.uk you can certainly have a look at the um, the stuff that Microsoft have got when you hear this term Azure there are plenty of opportunities to try and road test the technology to access it for free uh, to maybe explore some of the Time to revisit probably Office 365 with some of the, the Power BI tools that are there. That, that's worth a revisit if you've used that before. It's kind of like um, Excel on steroids, and it's a great visualizer of, of data that might exist in your organization. So certainly if anyone wants to follow me, uh, tweet me, or email me, I'll quite happily put you in touch with the right people at Microsoft to find out how you can benefit from all the stuff that's available for you as a company. That's great, Andy, and I'll make sure all that goes in the show notes as well. And um, you know, I, and yeah, thanks for kind of sharing your enthusiasm for for, for this topic. Um, I think I'd, I'd very much like to get you to maybe we'll come back on and, and revisit some of this stuff in a few months' time because I think there's so so much in that event that, as I say, I think we've only just really started to uh, scratch the surface on it. So, um, but for now, Andy, look, really thanks for your time. Um, appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks, Paul. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes. While you're over on techstringy.com, why not check out a blog post that I've written regarding the challenge that myself and Mrs. Techstringy are taking on as we're looking to raise money for the Marie Curie charity here in the UK. Next time, we do more Microsoft as we take a look at Microsoft and compliance. So if you want to catch that show, why not subscribe? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud and Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. So, until next time... Thanks for listening.